and for the fact that this match is not as stressed your sister out to the point where she was temporarily not a vegetarian and the only thing that was available was alcohol that tells you how stressful that match would have been Welcome, Sacramento Soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and in today's episode, we have two games to talk about. First one is the wild, crazy game of the U.S. Open Cup second round against Crossfire Redmond, and none of us ever thought we'd be hearing those words about that game unless we were speaking in regards to Sac Republic winning 5-0, but that wasn't the case. It was a wild roller coaster ride. And we'll also be talking about last Saturday's game at San Antonio 0-0. Sadly, more off-the-pitch things than on-the-pitch, but we'll be diving into that here shortly. So let's go ahead and introduce our co-hosts tonight here, Sharon and Jared. We're going to have a different twist today. Let's first go over to Arizona with Jared. How's it going, man? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, I'm just uh, loving the fact that we're progressing further in the Open Cup, and uh, we definitely got a lot to cover for both that match as well as this past Saturdays. But, uh, and, of course, we've, uh, at the time of recording, have finally gotten our first 90-degree day. In fact, it was 98 today. So today and tomorrow are going to suck. But other than that, uh, how's everybody else? <laughs> Remember where you live. I think somebody even put that on Facebook to remind you, you live in Arizona. Phoenix. But it's, it's freaking <laughs> Easter. The, the eggs Nobody wants wants to go hunting for for uh, poached eggs, <laughs> fried eggs. Yeah, no. Um. So yeah, busy weekend. You know, we're trying to fit everything in, and busy last Wednesday, Open Cup, and you know, if everybody, <laughs> if you don't know by now, on Instagram, you will find the recordings of the Open Cup in pieces, pregame, uh, first half and second half, and. And then the extra time. And that was all done on my iPhone. <laughs> I was streaming it on our uh, State of the Republic Instagram page. So there's been a lot, you know, we've had a lot going on uh, in our personal and also in our soccer lives. So lots of games to watch. And up the Terriers, uh, pulling out a, a tie and then also a, a win on Friday. So, you know, our world across the pond is also looking pretty good. Luis. Yeah, well, I'm doing good. Um, catching up to what happened. I, I wasn't able to catch the, the game live. I was over at SAC Anime in Roseville, which if anyone hasn't gone to it and you like the world of anime, video games, comic books, all that stuff, go check it out. They do it twice a year. I think it's in September. It'll be in downtown SAC. So uh, get your tickets there. But yeah, I mean, lots of things happen over the past week and I never thought we would be talking about a cup game being really intense and maybe more intense than last Saturday's game but I mean this is the world of soccer right it shocks us sometimes we know that's the magic of the open cup we were close to being one of those victims in the open cup but luckily that didn't happen and we advance and all that and you know we were all able to Breathe a little better too. And, you know, I was close to getting a heart attack because <laughs> our emotions were all over the place. But we'll be talking about it here shortly. But it was a wild Wednesday. I've never experienced a game quite like that. And even the Republic staff who do social media, literally after the match, their caption 
was so flawless. It said, and breathe. (laughs) Because literally all of us collectively were freaking holding our breath the whole entire match because it just, it was, it was just weird. It was the weirdest match. Okay. Yeah. Sharon, actually, now that you have your microphone, can you introduce Colossal Gratitude? (laughs) Sure. And now one of my favorite segments, Glosses of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some Glosses of Gratitude. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and and kick it off as usual. (laughs) Number one, I've got to say, you know, a a glass of gratitude to my sister, to John, to Tina, and everybody else who was surrounding me on Wednesday, helping me uh, do the videography, you know, because if I had to step away, (laughs) I would always have somebody else there as backup to hold the phone. And it was, uh, it was pretty amazing. And to everybody who did show up that night and it was an amazing crowd, huge crowd for us, uh, more, I think, than what they expected. So much so they ran out of food. So cheers to everybody who came that forced the State Fair people, Cal Expo people or whoever it is to literally run out of food that all that was left were corn dogs. So yay, fans, boo, ovations, <laughs> whoever they are. Um, Mother Galazzo gratitude goes straight to the city of Oak Grove. I just got back from an event where they honored for the very first time, all the people since year 2000, well, that are still sitting on boards and commissions, um, on behalf of the city, we're all volunteers. And I've been on the trails committee for over 20 years for the city of Oak Grove. And they hold a, they held a banquet and, you know, gave us commemorative pins. So it was a, I have to, that's a personal shout out. Really appreciate all that. Um, and then one last shout out was uh, um, to John for doing the research on the Terriers across the way, Huddersfield Town. You know, he's coming up with all the stats that we're paying attention to now that we have a sister club across the way. So, yay, Jared. Okay. For, first of all, my, my uh, go out of gratitude, uh, of course, go out to Sharon for being able to attend the U.S. Open Cup match against Crossfire uh, Redmond. And we'll. Without that feed, none of us would have been able to really take in how how severe the match was. I mean, it was definitely a, a drag out fight. And thankfully, Sharon and anyone else that uh, held the phone in, uh, for her while she stepped away, definitely uh, most grateful for, for that. We may have to, to do it again when we play against Oakland Roots uh, in a couple of weeks. We shall see. Just really depends on if uh, Bleacher Report gets their act together, which uh, I'm not holding too much uh, weight on that. And then also big losses of gratitude to Frontier Airlines, who was able to offer a spectacular promotion rate for flying out to Tampa in June for the match between Republic FC and Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, I'll put it this way. My total flight without any bags after taxes and fees is still cheaper than some one-way rates from Phoenix to Sacramento. That tells you something. And thankfully, they still held on to those rates. So thank you, thank you, Frontier. So I definitely appreciate that. And also also uh, more glasses of gratitude to John because, once again, you know he's keeping his ear close uh, to both sides of the pond, both here, you know, working his, his, his magic with uh, getting information and finding out 
information uh, on the Republic of Seaside, as well as with our uh, potentially sibling. I'm not sure if the sale has closed yet or not, but but basically with Huddersfield Town, you know, keep keeping abreast of all the developments over there, keeping the scores. So definitely up the terriers. You know, we can't wait to, uh, to host you for a match here someday soon. Uh, those are the uh, the big ones I got right now. Uh, what about you, Luis? Yeah, I mean, I got to give one to John as well <laughs> because he does have some really great statistics on the teams. And, you know, we're not always able to watch all the games. I actually don't have ESPN Plus anymore, so I wasn't even able to catch the, the game that they played. And it was great to be able to get those insights on how the game went and how things are. And I'm really glad that they're out of relegation right now. And, you know, they're just moving forward. It looks like the news of Kevin is motivating everyone. And, you know what? It's really awesome to see that because we want our sibling team or potential sibling team to also be in the championship and stay there and move on to the premiere, hopefully next season too. Uh, but for Michael, also gratitude. First one goes out to Sharon for streaming the Open Cup game. That was the last minute thing that I messaged her before the game. Like, hey, is there any way you could maybe stream it? Because we really want to watch the game. I, you know, I know she thinks that the stream wasn't good or that, you know, she was shaky, but it was really cool. The view that you have from your seat made it so where it felt like we were watching it on TV as well. And, you know, we were following along and it was a game where we were all really worried <laughs> throughout the entire game. So it was good that you were out there because it would have been so terrible for us to just be following the feed on Twitter and, you know, be wondering like, okay, what the heck is going on? Why aren't we scoring a goal? Like, Game's almost going to end. So you helped alleviate those. So thank you. That was really great. And also to you again, Sharon, for getting me that jersey. That was really awesome. And also for leaving an Easter basket outside of your house with the jersey. That was an extra surprise. And it was a great way to start Easter, you know, day before Easter. That was really cool. So, dude, Aww. I have a video from my doorbell camera. Jared, it's the most hilarious thing. Luis grabs his jersey, right? It's in the Easter basket, but he grabs the package that has the jersey and he walks away. But then he turns around and looks back at the Easter basket for quite some time. <laughs> and then he finally grabs the Easter basket, looks back one more time like, should I take this? Is this mine? <laughs> and then he takes I was so glad you took it. It was for you. <laughs> I, I was actually wondering. I had to look through the note too to be like, is there like a note written there? I ended up taking it because I saw that there was chocolate there. So that's where I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Sharon's not leaving just the Easter basket out with chocolate <laughs> because, you know, an animal can come by and eat it and, you know, all the rodents can, you know, do quite some damage with it too. So yeah, I, I made sure I took it too. And uh, yeah, it was really nice. So Really, you realize, uh, Jared, if you lived closer, you would have also gotten an Easter basket. <laughs> yeah, of course, and of course, the thing, and the, I, we couldn't really have done it here anyway because it would have been just a big old uh, bowl of chocolate syrup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, another colossal gratitude out to everyone who tuned into that Instagram live, and our numbers were kind of low at the beginning because, again. This wasn't planned for, this was just one of those things where we hopped on, we told people we knew, like, hey, invite people you know. But as the game progressed, especially into extra time, the numbers were climbing. Jared at one point said he saw 23 people on there, and that is fantastic because when the stream ended, we were getting comments from a lot of people that I didn't know myself. We were getting new followers on the Instagram page, and people were praising Sharon for 
being the one that was out there streaming and you know sacrificing her phone and luckily she had the battery pack to be charging it as she went otherwise maybe it would have just lasted one half so shout out to everyone uh, who tuned in and just follow us on instagram that's why we always say at state republic 12 because in a crunch we'll do a live stream there because it is quicker to do a stream there although i know you're mentioning sharon maybe facebook but i've actually found that on instagram boom you got answer you got a live show happening really quick and i think you tend to actually have more smooth live streams whereas in facebook it could be a little more spotty too so uh there you have it also uh, one more out to all the people that have listened to the episode that i did with richard uh from huddersfield where we talked about kevin and huddersfield town i'm really shocked the listens keep going up day by day and i don't know when it's gonna stop but you know we all really appreciate that it's climbing up there getting close to beating the episode we did with cohen if y'all remember a whiles back right where we actually were pretty viral in israel because a lot of people wanted to hear what he had to say and you know this is getting close to that level too so you know it's over overwhelmingly really good for us and i'm sure a lot of people listening to the episode are not listening to other episodes because i'm seeing listener count move up to other shows as well so thank you so much everyone we really appreciate it and we'll definitely be having more huddersfield town coverage too and maybe Ask John if he could hop on and be our like you know expert in all things terriers, right? So we'll, we'll see. Awesome. So Luis, you made you reminded me of something. Um, so you know, I I submit I was given questions. Thank you for the connection from the Andy Takes the Chance podcast, which is the fan base podcast mm-hmm. over there in Hutter, for Hutters Huddersfield Town AFC, and they actually recorded my voice, and you alerted me to the fact that they. Um, used my voice in their Twitter and all their social media, Facebook as well. Um, The statements that I had made and the questions were all about Kevin Nagel and the little bit that I know of him and the little bit that I've studied about him and the things that others have shared with me who know him well, I expressed what I felt about Kevin Nagel. Well, out of the blue on Wednesday night, I, I got approached by Scott Moak, who thanked me. They're listening to that as well. There are other people that are paying attention to what that podcast is saying. And, you know, so that um, our club and our, you know, owners can be acutely aware of what they're, how they are perceived in Huddersfield Town by the fans. And Scott said that, I guess my words resonated with him. And he was so thankful that I mentioned the things that Kevin does for community and the staff, how the staff like Scott and Kevin Burdick and others are centered and focused around the community in Sacramento region and bettering some situations. And I was just like, I was caught off guard and I was almost moved to tears with the thanks that came from Scott, but any one of us would have said those same things about Kevin. So, um, Kevin Nagel. So at the end of the day, uh, this is really kind of fun having a sister club across the way and to have a sister podcast across the way. Um, and it's fun to watch another team and actually have a vested heart. Mm. You know, <laughs> we're, we're starting to like, you know, these guys, we could, we could be like, they could be our friends over there. You know, these fans and some of the front office and you know, so it's pretty cool. Anyhow, back to business. Where are we now? <laughs> 
please. Well, I actually wanted to give one more shout out. And I don't know if you'll like listen to this episode or not, but just so everyone knows all of our listeners, thanks to that episode that we interviewed uh, Richard, that we talked about Kevin in Huddersfield. We shared it on Twitter and Kevin Nagel himself got word of it. He not only liked the tweets, but he also started following the podcast page and also my own personal page as well. And that's such a big honor, right? And we really appreciate that. So Kevin, if you're actually listening to this episode as well, we really, you know, can't thank you enough for listening to that episode and for also following us really means a lot. And you know, we are really happy that you decided to invest in this team. And like Sharon said, it's really great to have another team, but one team that we can actually feel like, hey, this is the team that I am fully backing. I want to see him succeed. If they win, it feels like Sacramento won for me. And, you know, it's fantastic. So looking forward to uh, watching some of their games uh, as the season closes here. I think a couple in a couple more weeks, right? I think in May. So. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get right into the first game, <laughs> Open Cup, and what a roller coaster of a ride that was. And Sharon, you were there at the stadium. I know Jared and I actually started watching when the game was 2-0 already, I think, you know, because who was going to expect that to happen? We just started to uh-huh. hear word that, hey, we're losing. I had to hop on to just confirm with you, like, wait, is this really true? Are we really losing? And we were. What happened? Just just tell us what happened in the game. Guys, apologies straight off the bat to anybody who listened to that uh, live feed because I did not mince my words and I shouldn't have been so negative. And my sister was positive and I could hear other people around me be positive. I kept saying the word, oh my God, it's a show. (laughs) And I felt so bad afterwards. And it's like, Oh dang! All these players are going to be hearing this, and I, I think I blamed one of the players for one or two of the goals that got scored against us. And it's like, why did I do that? Because it probably, you know, it's a team effort. So yeah. at the end Fenwick. of the day, it was Fenwick, and then he like shut our mouths up at the end. Yes, <laughs> it's like he, oh, 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 and my sister just wouldn't let go of the fact that he scored the, you know, the the tiebreaker essentially. So that we could go up five four, and then they never came back. Um, but I was, uh, she just needled me the whole entire time, and it was like, I guess that's what sisters do, you know? She's like, "Who scored that goal? Who scored that goal? Who did you say was?" I was like, "Oh my goodness gracious! I am so sorry to any player that caught my lip. Um, I apologize straight, straight right now. But at the end of the day, you guys pulled it out of your arses, and you made uh, you made us proud." with this 5-4 result. But I will say, it took the second half and it took us settling some of the positions. We had to settle down in some of the positions. You know, when you bring in a Jared Timmer, you know you're going to seal up the defense and dude's awesome. You know, in normal games when we're playing, I kind of joke because our defense is so strong or our midfield is so strong that Jared Timmer might touch the ball five times, right? Not this game. Once they subbed him in, the dude had touch after touch after touch after touch. It was crazy. And I think Faraday may have uh, gone out with a little bit of an injury. Mm, bummer about that. Uh, I think Johannes, uh, the our new guy, the number 43, I think he was a little lost out there. And, you know, there were some things that kind of squeaked through on his side. But at the end of the day, 
you know, we got in um, some of our guys, some, some of the men played 90 minutes, you know, like um, Nick Ross, the boss, he played 90, Luther played 90. Um, and I'll have to say all there had two assists and the dude played 90 with two assists. That's not bad. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Carlos of course played 90. And I think he got, I think he got yellowed. Was it for time wasting or was it for a foul? It doesn't matter. He got a yellow, um, None of us won the yellow points, the point for, you know, the yellow cards. But No, actually, end, yeah. Yeah. Jared did. Jared actually was the brave soul to say, Psych Republic will get the first yellow card. I thought we all said it. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was looking at the wrong thing. Yeah. Gosh darn. <laughs> I think Jared went in and changed it. <laughs> <laughs> right we could check yeah if that happens that's that's negative five points off (laughs) (laughs) okay so yeah so podcast dinner winner we're at 311 but anyhow so this was the most stressful match i swear if the concession stands had had food but they didn't if they had food we would have all been stress eating in the stands thank god they had no food but they did have alcohol so we were stressed drinking um, because they didn't have food. They had corn dogs. And I mean, like after my sister ended up with two corn dogs because they didn't have any and she was hungry. So she had to eat two corn dogs. <laughs> and she's I hate to say this, she's vegetarian, folks, because they just Ooh. didn't have, they didn't have any food. They didn't have French fries, they had nothing. So um hopefully they're better prepared for the next open cup round. Um it was crazy, stressful. So glad we got our goals. So glad we got two guys with braces. Zico came out of the blue with his goals, you know, poaching on the far left side on one. And then, you know, to have um, our steady Freddie, Russell Cicerone, getting, you know, the two goals. I'm not sure how how many braces uh, Russell has uh, the season so far. It seems like almost every match, except obviously this past Saturday, it seems like Russell's getting brace after brace. We're just going to have to start calling him... Uh, you know, Russell Cicerone DMD because he, he did play for Pittsburgh and he's gotten so, so many orthodontia uh, devices this season so far. And for the fact that this match is not as stressed your sister out to the point where she was temporarily not a vegetarian. And the only thing that was available was alcohol. That tells you how stressful that match would have been. I mean, I probably would would have been been hoping for another one of those CBD slushies if I were there, which which obviously they don't have there, but it was there for last year's state fair. But, you know, they, they might want to start thinking about having those out, especially for stressful situations like this. Dude, anything, anything. You know, if somebody had a vape pen, we would have gone <laughs> off to the North 40 and just like hit a vape, you know, just get us to all calm down because it, it was just so stressful. But again, Sac Republic with their and breathe. And then the next day it was like, did everybody has everybody recovered yet? And it was like, your fans were put through the ringers, folks. Let's not do this again. But uh, it was a great learning lesson. Let's face it. If you've ever been like a bench player on anything, it, I don't care what it is. You know, I don't care if it's for work. You know, when you are asked to step into the role of somebody who's above you, you either learn, you either sink or swim, Right. And so some of our guys, they swam and they, you know, like out there who normally doesn't start. Um, he did, he did fine. Some of the other guys, they learned really fast what it's like to be put under pressure by a crossfire team. It felt a little bit like, um, 
uh, the Kitsap Puma, you know, when we got beat by them. Remember that, Jared? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. It was feeling a lot like that. And we we're all like, oh, hell no. This is not no. And I kept in my mind going, where's Jared? He's going to come up with a Kitsap Puma, you know, <laughs> analogy there and at, a moment, at any moment. But um, we were able to pull it off. But that team, I will say, Crossfire Redmond, they played for each other. And we applauded them as they were leaving the field. All of us in our little section area. There were others, too, who stood up and applauded those guys and yelled out, you know, thank you so much. You guys gave us such a good game, you know, and good luck in your season, you know, all that stuff, because they were they were good. They were good. Yeah. Crossfire should not be discounted. I mean, they they knew the job at hand. They knew they were taking on the Open Cup finalists from last year. So they did not settle for bringing 100 or 110 percent. They took it up to a thousand. They took the Republic all the way to extra time. So Crossfire, they left it all out on the pitch. They played an amazing uh, match. I'm sure if they had played somewhere, uh, some uh, another team, they probably would have dominated. Hell, they, they probably would have made it for, if further advanced into the uh, Open Cup, you know, with that kind of play. Yep. I mean, unfortunately, they, they ended up uh, with us. But you know what? Crossfire was not willing to just lay down and and take it anything like that they fought back they they left it on the pitch i mean and i applaud uh, crossfire i hope we get to play them again sometimes too because that was a hell of a match that they they put in that that, that night so they big, were not uh, the Por- they were not the portland under 23s they were definitely not <laughs> no. that no no absolutely not absolutely not and and i'm kind of grateful but uh, this this was still a stressful result so <laughs> You've got the drama. You've got the, uh, the the goals. I mean, you have every this. This this was a an amazing match, and we're just grateful that uh, Sharon was able to stream the match so we could actually watch it. Yeah, not to say. I mean, Crossfire actually shut me up because when we went to extra time, I even said it there in the chat. I gave them zero hope of doing anything, and if anything, I was like, we should have an easy task at hand. We're gonna get the goals. It might even end up being like a you know, like a 6-3 match maybe, right? Where we end up uh, scoring even more goals. I, I could see it because I was like, come on, Crossfire players, they don't have the same type of conditioning as our players do, right? I mean, let's keep in mind, these guys don't even get paid to play for the team, right? MPSL players, I'm not sure if they have to pay, pay to play in the team. I mean, I don't know the rules behind that, but they sure don't get paid, right? And they're playing because they love the sport, because they want to... Uh, do good if they were playing in college. I know a lot of players, you know, swap between college and playing there and back and forth. So, I mean, kudos to them because these guys are not getting paid like our guys were. And to actually score two goals in extra time and, you know, score the first goal in extra time and actually be like winning again was really impressive. So, yeah, I got to say, I mean, I'll join what you two are saying and that, you know, they sure left quite an impressive game out there. And, you know, I mean, it, it was a game that I have to say, I do think Crossfire deserved to win. And it was kind of, you know, unfair for us to win. That's the reality of things. We didn't deserve it. They did all the work and an extra time they put the work there. We managed to get the goals there late. But yeah, and I, I would have felt bad if I was a Crossfire fan. I would have been like, this was our game. Unfortunately, 
these things happen in the cup. We've seen it with other teams as well, where the lower division team is up winning. And then, you know, all of a sudden the other team, they just got those opportunities. They scored and they end up getting the match. So, but yeah, I'm glad Sharon that you guys were out there applauding them because it's, it's good. I mean, they, they made us like go through so much in this match that I don't recall actually seeing a game ever that had us going back and forth and that, you know, made us feel like we were going to get a heart attack at any point. I don't recall it at all, Sharon. And I know you watched a lot more games. You watched the final uh, when we were champions and all that, but there wasn't a game compared to this one. And it's crazy to say that it was against an MPSL team. We're not even saying it against an MLS team. I don't think that's ever happened against an MLS team. So I'll, I'll put it this way. If pro rail was a thing here in the U S crossfire needs to at least be in USL, USL championship. I mean, they, they gave us more of a fight than LA galaxy and San Jose earthquakes combined. <laughs> and, and those two are in the MLS for an NPSL team like crossfire to take it to us. Get them in the USL championship. I'm I'm sorry. Get them up there. We need we need more teams in the North Pacific Northwest anyway in the USL championship. We have none. Get them in in the league. Have them play against us. Team. Help play against us a few more times. Let's, <laughs> we need we need to get it to happen. PNW need, needs to have USL championship back, and this is the team to, to get everything started. Man, they would be a great team to have down at the showcase where, you know, um, where we went uh, for preseason and to have them be one of the opponents that we play against because. Oh, God, yes. Literally, they could they could fine tune us because they just did not give up. They attacked with uh, multiple. I mean, minute we would get the ball, they swarmed us like we couldn't hold possession. I don't know if we have possession stats at all, Luis, but. Our possession was interrupted pretty much the whole entire game. Um, oh, they're not going to probably have it because they don't. They didn't keep stats on this match, is my guess. Um, so I don't think they're going to have the. You know, they they're just not going to have all that. But I I will tell you that I I think Crossfire they really interrupted our game. They knew exactly what to do. However, they didn't quite know how to handle, you know, <laughs> some of the stuff that fancy stuff, our little fancy stuff up front, you know, where we have uh, the good passing and the crossing and the Russell Cicerone <laughs> and, you know, they, they didn't know what to do when we sprung Zico free and they didn't know what to do against Johnny Fenwick. So, but they were, they were good in the midfield and they were good on the attack and they compressed fast. So, uh, um, I'm not certain how many outsides calls got called against us and against Luther, but um, they they compressed quickly. So they got their defensive lineup pretty fast. Um, we're not used to that. Um, and as a matter of fact, we didn't do a lot of that. And I, I think that's what uh, when Jared Timmer stepped on, um, I, I think he he helped make a difference in getting the defense up. Johnny knew how to do all that, but I think the rest of the guys were a little hesitant to do, you know, get the press, uh, you know, put the pressure up and step. Listen, when the clock was ticking and we're at the 115th minute, right? There's only a few more minutes left. We were looking to see if Danny Videola was even freaking warming up, right? You sub Danny Videola in because he's the PK specialist. They, but no. No, actually, he got up, he moved around, and then he sat back down, and we're all looking at each other like, this is before we scored the 
uh, tiebreaker, we were looking at each other like, oh no, this isn't good. Get Danny in. We're like hollering, get Danny in, sub Danny Viola in, you know, for the PKs. <laughs> and then thank God, Johnny Fenwick. Oh, that whole, that relief that Johnny Fenwick provided was like, I don't know. I, I don't even want to use the analogy that I was thinking of, but anyhow, there was a big relief. You know, it's just amazing. Jared, you know, probably the analogy I was going for. I think he's trying to say it too. <laughs> well, I mean, I know there was definitely a lot of uh, relief. I mean, y- yes, I was thinking, you know, you know, get daddy V in there. It's only going to be a few minutes, but we need to cement this win. But the fact that, that uh, Johnny just got in there, delivered what we so badly needed getting that fifth goal in and then it was just a matter of parking the 68 uh, r- right there at Exposition Boulevard, <laughs> just doing our best to hold on to this win. And thankfully, we hear that whistle for full extra time. And, oh, man, you, 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 just, you just heard and saw all sorts of uh, pressure valves let, letting loose, you know, finally breathing, you know, that sigh of relief. I mean, the fact that Johnny Fenwick, who – admittedly hasn't had a great start to the season has been picking up. And this is proof that, that he's, that he is finally getting things going here. So he shook, he shined at the most opportunistic time that we needed him to do so. And he brought us over the hump. (laughs) And my sister was, I don't know if you heard her commentary. She's like, he plays better when the, when he's got the regular starters around him, he raised his game. And then she told him so. After the game, she said, you do better with our starters around you. And I'm like, Donna, he knows that. <laughs> it was the most adorable. It was it was quite lovely. It was very cute. Anyhow, <laughs> so where are we? Then we move on to San Antonio, right? And so we've got four guys, five guys with little tired legs. You know, we've got Johnny Fenwick. We've got Jared Timmer, who just played 78 minutes, um, and of which 78 minutes we scored five goals. Um, you got Kecko, you've got um Russell too with Russell, them. right? And now Zico, who played, you know, nearly the full game, not quite. So you've got these guys that have just run their arses off on Wednesday, and they've got to turn it around, recover, and fly and play in San Antonio. Not the easiest place to get into airport-wise, right? So what a day for them to, you know, show up then. And the comments from the San Antonio fans were so snarky. Yeah, we had five guys of our starters off and Sac Republic still couldn't beat us. And the comments that are coming on social media are like, yeah, they're they're not going to be a contender. They couldn't they couldn't even. It's like you guys didn't have to play what we had to play in open cup play. You guys didn't have to do that. Anyhow, I just I didn't like the comments from their fan base. But whatever, and they also and they also seem to forget that San Antonio got their backsides handed to them uh, earlier in the year, six nothing by <laughs> FC Tulsa. Yes, it was preseason, but it's right. still six nothing. Yeah, yeah, what? by by Tulsa, not even like a really strong team right now, too. And plus, an Open Cup, they barely beat Club de Leon two one. Yeah, so I mean, they didn't like hand them off too. And plus, it was. I want to say, I mean, they scored their goal in the 90th minute in a penalty kick. I don't know if they went to extra time or maybe uh, it was just like a game where referee gave them 10 minutes extra, but they were suffering. Let's just leave Uh it that way. Whether it was extra time or second half of extra time, it happened. So, yeah, 
one of those two. So yeah, they can't really say much. But unfortunately, even though you know game ended zero zero, good tie for us, right? Especially after what we went through midweek. And again, getting a point away, we'll take it any day, especially at San Antonio. We know it's not an easy place to play at. But I have to address this tweet because it was really concerning. And I wasn't aware of it too. Again, I hadn't watched the game. Jared <sighs> fortunately shared a video of what had happened, but uh, the first thing I see is a tweet by Mark Briggs. And we know if Mark Briggs is tweeting this, it's something pretty serious. And basically just quoting what he said on Twitter on Saturday night, he said, proud of my team and their gritty performance tonight at a hard place to come. On a personal note, the risk that SAFC security put myself, my staff, and my players in is absolutely unacceptable. Relief nothing escalated and we left the field safe thankful to be home next week and it's embarrassing that we have to see what we witnessed that happened on saturday with uh, what apparently seems like a teenager that stormed the field with a really giant yellow card uh, not really being escorted as any intruder should be from security because that poses a risk to any player if any invader comes through you don't know what they could be intending to do and we've seen it at other stadiums where you get tackled right by like two or three security guards who aren't so happy that you're actually invading the pitch but here it seemed like the security guard wasn't really too concerned as to what was going on right there there, there was a delay in responding and then the guy who escorts him out apparently just kind of lets him go the guy actually <laughs> continues to walk without being escorted out and then finally in another video He's actually being escorted out, but people are cheering him on as if this is the guy who just scored a goal on the pitch. So, and he went over to our bench. He went over and got in Mark Briggs' face. So part of that whole video, he made a, he did go over towards Briggs and, you know, yeah, right there. So he, he made his way over to Mark Briggs without any repercussion and, you know, it's like he's allowed to hold on to his yellow card and they should have. Yeah. And he's even getting a pat on the back from, yeah, uh, from the staff from there. Yeah. So there's a thing where he shows his two feet, walks over to Briggsy, walks over to our bench. And yeah, it's it was so bad. And I hope that San Antonio gets sanctioned because this this was uncalled for, you know, even gets a pat on the back from one of the coaches yeah. from San Antonio. And then is allowed to hang on to his paraphernalia, which should have been, you know, taken. I mean, listen, um, one of our fans got chastised for a whole lot less. She held up a poster in the stands. She's in the stands. She's not even anywhere on the field. And she was told to put the poster away or they were going to take it from her. And I think they took it from her. And she was in the stands. This guy, nothing. He doesn't look like a teenager. He looks like a young man. So. Screw that. I don't care if he's a teenager or not. Poor form. Yeah. yeah and, apparently, and, and number 19 as well, right? Also pats him in the back as if like, hey, you're you're good. Number 19 for San Antonio. I'm trying to see what who that player is, but yeah, and yeah. one of their coaches. Yeah, with the exception of Shannon Gomez, who now remains the only positive thing about the entire San Antonio uh, franchise. San Antonio FC is is has lost all, all respect. I mean, they lost all credibility. I mean, the fact that with this, with this kid, I mean, granted, yes, seventeen, but if he was eighteen, would would have been t- taken care of by like an adult. But 
any stadium you go to, whether it be professional or uh, second division, anything like that, you have code of conduct on all the club's websites. Some sports will even break them down before the game. They'll also do it at halftime. In fact, I've gone to Suns games where they specifically tell you do not enter the field of play or you face arrests, you face uh, banning, things like that. And here you have the security card just barely having one grasp on them. And obviously not a good grasp, as, as we can see some uh, on this video. And then the kid makes his way towards the Republic FC bench. We don't know what his intentions are. For all we know, the kid may, may be non-malicious. Maybe he had an ulterior motive, could have had a uh, makeshift weapon on him. I mean, this. I mean, for, for, for some of the people that grew up in the 80s and 90s, this just, to me, brings up shades of uh, Monica Seles' uh, stabbing in, in Germany uh, when she was playing. Some fan, some obsessed fan comes running up to the tennis court and actually stabs her with a nine-inch long, long knife. We don't know this, this could have happened or, or not. And then you have all these San Antonio FC fans, both at the stadium and online, basically cheering on this and saying, oh, well, well Mark Briggs and, and the staff, they, they picked a fight with the kid. Uh, here's a thought. Maybe the kid kept his ass in the stands. This would have been an issue. Then San Antonio would have had at least some respect. But apparently, that's that's not the case. And then here we have Shannon Gomez. You know, you know, as much as we love him, he's stuck playing with this garbage organization. I mean, sanctions don't don't even begin to 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 go into what needs to happen to San Antonio. The fact that their security staff is is immediate is so high school matches have mm. better security than San Antonio did, than Toyota Field did. Staff well, and thank, and players thank, goodness, are, thank goodness the cameraman was filming the whole entire thing. So someone's going to get their hands on that film, um, and that's going to go straight to league. So we'll see what happens, you know, with Mark Briggs and Todd Donovan and, you know, how all that plays out. But, yeah, let's let's not give this too much more power, um, you know, it. but it was just an unfortunate situation that, Jared, as you said, just put – the a, a bigger Paul on how we feel towards San Antonio. But at the end of the day, we came away with a point and no goals. And still in first and still undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was the true highlight of the match. Um, uh, unlike the situation, but if it was up to me. That security guard is fired the next day. I'm just saying, because uh, you're not doing your job <laughs> as security guard. Yeah. And you, yeah. The whole security squad. I don't care if it's just one person. Uh, one person that, that I do know off of the uh, fan based USL Discord server, he actually was there was there for the match, and he actually asked some local folks, and they said that since last year, there's been a lot of changes uh, to the organization, the uh, the concessions, the security. Uh, so I'm thinking, ever since San Antonio had won his championship, they they they've made things worse. I mean, as far as on the front office or operations side. I mean, that's what I've gathered from, from the, yeah. from who was asking them. So yeah, it's definitely night and day and not in a good way. Uh, all yeah. right. So as we escort the, the silly fan, stupid fan, inconsiderate fan off the field, let's move on to where are we now? So luckily we, we could put it in front of San Antonio's face that we are still above them because our goal differential is better thank you louisville for <laughs> allowing us to be uh, on top and even though we might be sharing points uh, with them 11 points we have more goals scored 
We have less goals against. We only have one goal against in five games. That speaks volumes of our defense in the league. I'm not talking cup because cup was a different story. <laughs> but in the league, the team has been doing really great with the eight goals scored and uh, just one against. In fact, I feel like you could look throughout the whole entire league and there is no other team that has just one goal scored against. Uh, the next teams that would have more goals scored would be three. And there's just uh, really like a couple of ones there too. So yeah, we're doing really good. Uh, and the position that we're in and then below San Antonio, you have San Diego, Loyo, Colorado Springs. It's almost like a history repeating itself since last year, except now we're in first. But the top four is there. You got Oakland Roots still with situations with their home turf. They're still going to be playing at the CSU campus for at least the remainder of this month. They're in fifth place with seven points. Monterey Bay still there. El Paso, who just got eliminated by Union Omaha. 2-0 in the Open Cup. Once again, El Paso's out in the first, uh, or I should say in the second round against a USL League One team. So interesting what went on there. They are actually holding it through in seventh place. And then RGB Toros eighth place and, and so forth too. Uh, and we actually have New Mexico in last place, which is quite surprising, right? Three points, although they've only had three games played, but yeah. nevertheless surprising. And since Rob McAllister actually predicted New Mexico to be a stronger team than than they're showing up, and he predicted Colorado Springs to be a lesser team than they're showing. So that's kind of interesting because Rob McAllister, if you remember last year, his predictions were like spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, he's kind of still good with the predictions, you know, uh, except for the currently New Mexico sitting in uh, the bottom of the table. And I will say the only reason why that even happened is because Phoenix finally woke up uh, <laughs> yesterday. I, I, I was, wa- I was watching uh, the Phoenix Birmingham game and it seemed like the first 50 minutes, there was nothing in. And I have to admit, I, I took a little bit of a, a grandpa nap uh, for most of that match. But once I woke up at about like the 51st, uh, 53rd, 55th minute or so, boom, here comes Phoenix uh, scoring a goal. And then literally a minute and a half later, here comes Birmingham to equalize. And then sometime later, Phoenix uh, gets another goal in there. It's uh, Birmingham. They they were they were doing awesomely. They're still in first in the Eastern Conference, but uh, you know they they kind of got a bit surprised by Phoenix, and so now Phoenix has jumped up from being at the bottom of the barrel now into ninth, uh, and they finally got their first win. So so awesome well, work by, by Phoenix. Uh, I was, but believe me. Uh, Okay, Kaylor, I was definitely going for for uh, Birmingham all the way. So yeah, especially maybe. considering that Birmingham is first place, right? Oh yeah, yeah, they'll they'll definitely make a deep run uh, later this year. And that's another thing to point out. Actually, Sac Republic is not only first in the West; we're first overall right now. Probably been a while since we've said that, but let's enjoy it right now. Hopefully, it continues oh. on, and on. But we are first overall. Oh man, I'm gonna have to bust out my old Ka- uh, Kaiser meme then, since since we're sitting on top of the league. Yeah, we're, we're on top of the world right now. <laughs> so uh, that's how that goes too. And then our upcoming matches next Saturday at home, we actually play against Colorado Republic FC, as we like to call them here. <laughs> so we're gonna have some familiar faces there on the pitch. Hopefully, it'll be great to see some of our uh, former guys there. And then after that game, the following week. Back at home again. Don't ask me why. I don't know why there's so many home games crammed into just like a short amount of time. But 
we're playing against Detroit City, otherwise known as the team that copied our jerseys last season and wanted to be us, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Now they pay a visit to SAC. Remember last year we beat them at, at Detroit. Now this time they've traveled for the first time over to SAC. Right now they're sitting in ninth place in the East. But again, we can never be like for sure on any match. And Crossfire sure taught us to make sure not to take any team for granted, regardless of where they're at. You know, you got to play against them as if they were the first place team. And then after that, we play in the third round, Open Cup again at home. So yes, three consecutive <laughs> games at home. But this one on a Wednesday on the 26th of this month against Oakland Roots. We got that NorCal rivalry happening now in the Open Cup. Should be a really good one. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you might want to snatch them soon because that might be a sold-out match when it comes to the tickets that are available, I would say, because we might also be getting some of the away fans coming through if uh, they manage to get through traffic on time because we know how that can be, the travels <laughs> up over yeah. here from the Bay. So going yeah. back to playing against Colorado, this is... This is a little funny, but it's kind of sad. Uh, the broadcast carried by ESPN, which was based out of uh, San Antonio um, over the weekend, had Drew Scundridge and Malik Foster still playing in the Sacramento lineup. And they had Russell Ciceroni playing both the left side and the right side. Um, and then they also had Duke Lacroix, who plays for Colorado, playing in our back line. It was the most hilarious bunch of mistakes um, and then on top of that, the and we found out from John, well, uh, ESPN did not post the match replay right away. So you couldn't like rewatch it and it frustrated everybody. And the joke was, well, that's because they didn't turn on. They're so bad. They didn't turn on the recording button. So I just have to point out just how lame the whole San Antonio experience was. But that we had Duke Lacroix back and also Malik Foster, Andrew Scundridge. They were all back on the pitch, according to ESPN's lineup. Hey, we'll oh. we'll take them back. I mean, that's cool. We'll take another Russell as well. If they <laughs> want to add multiple Russells, perfect. Let's... Hey, <laughs> why not? But I mean, come on, seriously, folks. What you know? Copy and paste, and then revise it. But they just copied and pasted. <laughs> it's so mm. funny. Anyhow, just got to point out that we had Colorado <laughs> playing for us on Saturday night, according to ESPN. Nice. I know. Mm, so, so there's bad. so many things. There's so many things I could say. I, I mean, this is this is the organization we want to to get the U.S. Open Cup rights back uh, to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and they're doing this for for us in the USL Championship. Oh. I know. I know. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Some of these mistakes it just blows your mind. How these people like. <laughs> Yeah. And those the and it's like, come on, have more respect for our sport and like do your homework, make sure you have your statistics on point and say things right. It reminds me of someone else, and not to like point this person out, but <laughs> I have to do it because I was watching uh, a video on YouTube earlier where it was the post open cup match, the this one that we just talked about. CBS 13 was out there. They were actually talking about the stadium, that there was no update on it yet. But, you know, that we would hope to hear something in June, July-ish. And the reporter actually said, don't quote me on this too, but I know he mixed up his words to refer to the tournament, to the Open Cup. I believe he said the the Lamar Hunt Open U.S. Cup 
And you could tell that when he was starting to say it, he was like, oh, crap, I forgot how to say the right order. And he just like scrambled the words together. But it sounded really strange that to us who actually know the entire name, who, you know, have done so much research on the history of the tournament, we were like, oh, no, that was a really big mistake on your part. You just like scrambled the words so much that <laughs> you just create a new tournament. <laughs> Yeah, you just uh, you just throw a bunch of words together, so it's word salad open cup. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. So, and we've seen it happen before, right? I mean, and I know Sharon, you probably have a collection of like the early years and like people trying to understand what was going on with soccer and all that, and mixing things together and putting the wrong picture on the broadcast and the wrong name, and yeah, oh. like, well, yeah, clearly. Including the fact that that all of a sudden we were playing the Orlando Pride. I remember that. (laughs) Oh, the women's team is the Orlando Pride, for those of you who do not know. Yeah, I remember when you pointed that out, I was like, oh, no. That that is uh, a big mistake. Yeah, especially for the final, too. It's like, it wasn't even like the first round, guys. It's the final. They're scarred sprinted, too. (laughs) The word demanding, better, right? Um, yes. as fans, I mean, football has always been the glory sport, you know, basketball and, you know, pretty much they always, they, the reporters and the broadcasters usually get everything right for that, but we're demanding better. We deserve better, you know, to, in order to elevate this game and elevate the sport, those who cover the sport need to cover it number one, and then they need to study it and use Rebecca Lowe as a freaking model or a mentor I mean, that's one of the best presenters, best reporters, most well-studied, you know, soccer affectionado advocate person you could ever dream on. And so speaking of Rebecca Lowe, you know, she was the uh, host for the um, street soccer uh, gala that they had. They had a fundraiser, but she also reminds us for Street Soccer USA and so does so do them. Then he volunteers for the Homeless World Cup that is happening in Sacramento uh, stingers up in July. So if you go on to the, I was going to mention this and I just my perfect time. Um, Street Soccer USA, get on their, the Sacramento website. And if you are inclined to volunteer for that wonderful cause, they need help of all kinds. Um, and you'll get a real good feel good thing out of it. Um, so many good stories of what street soccer has done to raise people out of homelessness, give them wraparound support services. And uh, it's all through soccer. So yay. Uh, check it out volunteer psa oh yeah thank you for mentioning that too i mean if we're able to be there we'll definitely want to be there too i mean that sounds really fun i've heard of that before and i really like you know their purpose and they're using the sport for a really good cause and it's a really good interesting thing so hopefully i'm able to go out there and witness that maybe we do uh, some live shows there of the games uh of the ones that we're able to um witness there so but but i do have to give a shout out <laughs> Just so we don't just end it with the media like that. Shout out to all the media people that have actually spoken to us because we've had quite a few <laughs> right throughout time that have actually reached out to us to learn more about Sacred Public or who've had questions or who have approached us, right? Like, can you be on this segment? We really appreciate that. And it's really great that even though you might feel like, you know, I, I don't know anything about it, like you're open to, first of all, admitting, like, I don't know too much about it. But you know it's your job and you want to learn more about it. So you reach out to us who know way too much about it <laughs> and who are more than happy to actually like tell you like, oh, yeah, this is what this is about and answer any other questions that 
you might have. So same goes out to anyone else out there who has a question. If you want to get an answer to something, so at your next, uh, even if you're not broadcasting, but at your next, like, hang out with friends, you can feel like, hey, I'm a soccer expert, then just send us a message and we'll answer any question you have. And Sure, sure, yeah. sure. And Fox 40, to their benefit or to their, um, whatever you want to call it, giving them a little props, apparently they're going to be posting all the games on YouTube mm -hmm. so that there will be an availability to rewatch using our local feed. So that news just came out. I don't know who it was that discovered that information, but it looks as though it won't be like the next day, but it will, they, they're going to try to get all the matches back posted up on, on YouTube. Yay. Go Fox 40. I was pointing to myself, like this was discovered it. <laughs> oh, okay. Luis On accident too, I got to say, because I was just searching Sac Republic and I was like, hey, what's what's going on now? Well, they have the full matches. I thought it was someone who like was like tired of not having to replay that. They were like, you know what? Heck, I'm just going to repost them on YouTube. <laughs> and then I saw it said Fox 40. I'm like, okay, okay. It's them actually hearing us out that, hey, we need to see these matches again. And some of us don't have ESPN Plus anymore. So <laughs> we depend on these things. So yeah, shout out to them. That was really awesome that. They're doing that. And it seems like they're only doing it for home games too, by the way. Because I oh. didn't see the San Antonio game, which it's it's fine. I mean, it's fair. At least we'll, well still have it. I, I did I did see by by way of a, a tweet from Connor that they are actually gonna be uploading that one. Uh, it'll probably be later this week that it uh, shows up. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Yeah. Just, that was just a delay. Well, that's good to know as well. Okay. Away Thank and you, home. Boxing. That'd be great. So podcast dinner winner. Yay, Jared gets a point. He's on the board. Yes, thank <laughs> you. Jared has to thank Sac Republic for getting the first yellow card against Crossfire. For all of those of you who want to know how he got the point, <laughs> um, not something that we expected, right? I mean, it's Open Cup, it's the second round, our first game of the Open Cup. No one would expect that the only person that would get a point would be the one that guesses that Sac Republic gets the first yellow, but that happened. But I do have to say, I would have gotten a yellow card. If Matt Lagrassa would have decided to sit out the match and not play because I had Zico as the backup scorer. So, Matt, you should have just taken a break from this match. You could have watched the game in Elk Grove. And, <laughs> yeah, but... Oh, I laugh in your general direction. <laughs> but we were so far off with the final scores that it's it's quite a joke, right? That How confident yeah. we were. <laughs> but Jared did have faith that Crosshair would score a goal, though. So... That almost would merit a point, but I know Sharon would not want to donate a point, but nope. <laughs> um, and then of course at, at San Antonio, none of us got points, although Sharon and I do deserve some honors for saying that the game would be tied. We said it would be one-one, but there were no goals. First yellow card was actually surprisingly handed to San Antonio, despite what I've been hearing that the ref was not all that great. San Antonio got the first yellow card and all of us stopped. It's going to be SK in the first yellow, but that didn't happen. So no one gets you know points off that. Except for one call. Seriously, she was not bad at all. If you listen to um, our broadcasters, uh, Rob McAllister and Kamawasa, they actually praised her for pretty much keeping the game itself under control. But she missed one call that should have gone in our favor in the second half. She missed. She missed a pretty blatant call. And that was the only time that she was criticized by um, Cam and Rob. 
for the most part, it wasn't bad. If you read the social media, of course, everybody says it's horrible. And I don't know if half of that is because she's female or Mm -hmm. half of that. They just didn't like the way the game was handled, but she was pretty tight. She, um, she kept it pretty, she kept it pretty close, but there was one call she really blew. Oof. Well, that wasn't a PK call, was it? Because that, that's what um, maybe. I think it was a, it would have been a free kick or she called something that was offsides that wasn't, I forget. It was something critical Ooh. that we could have taken advantage of. And yeah, so, oh, it was, I think it was, did Russell get a yellow? If he did, it was that play because he didn't do anything. So anyhow. Oh, yeah. It's okay. It's, yeah. But it was, hey, it some weird thing like that. Now, as long as it didn't mean us getting scored on, I don't think that's bad or us getting a red card, right? I, I yeah. only consider bad calls red cards that aren't red cards. And then getting a PK called against you that then screws up the whole scoreline. Right. Other than that, I think any ref that doesn't mess with the scoreline, I mean, they're human, right? They're going to make mistakes too. So she yeah. didn't make that many mistakes in my, in my book because I was kind of. I was really focused in on that, you know, <laughs> simply because yeah. we always criticize women a little harder when they're refing men's games. You know, it's like, oh, it's the ref. She can't keep up. No, she was fine. No, last year, I don't know if it was the same ref, but there was a woman ref last year that, in my opinion, was the best ref of we all ever, the matches we had. Yep. I you remember, remember that match. I don't yeah. think it's the same one because I think this this was her first time running middles. Uh, the match prior, she was a fourth. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so we have to focus in on uh, the match against uh, Colorado this weekend and final scores, who's going to score our first goal, who's the backup, and then the first team that's going to get a yellow. Yeah, so would you like to go first, Sharon, so uh, Jared doesn't get the the same one you get? (laughs) Oh, my pen is broken. I always have to write it down. Uh, Let's see here. Final score. I have a good feeling. 3-1 Sacramento. Who's going to score first? It's going to be, um, it's got to be uh, Russell. I'm just red 22. And if he can't play, let's say he gets injured or whatever, then uh, Sebi or Seba, Sebastian, it's going to be us. That's getting the first yellow card. Yeah. Oof, all right. All right. I am going to say we end up winning 3 2. Then as far as goal score, as much as I would love to say Russell, I'm, he's he's probably going to make an impact later in the game. So as far as the first goal, you're going with Luis Felipe, aren't you? I would I would like to go with Luis Felipe as well. I, I'm I'm just I'm just say Jack Gurr. I'm gonna say oh, Jack Gurr on on this good one. Good choice. If he doesn't score, then I'm I'm gonna go with Luis Felipe, mm. and then. I just know we're going to get the yellow card first. <laughs> wow. Okay. Interesting. What about well, you, Mr. Luis? I'm going to go with the, it's going to be a more close game. I'm going to go with just 1-0. Us winning 1-0. And then scoring first, I am actually going to go with Seba. That's actually being the first one. And backup score, if he doesn't see the pitch, I'll go with Russell. And then first yellow card, I'm not going to say us. I actually think for the first time we're going to see... Colorado get the first yellow card. I know that the refs haven't been so nice to us at home as much, but but I think Colorado ugh, Colorado gets the first yellow card in this match because technically, remember they are Colorado Republic. So yeah. if the ref wants to give a yellow card to a Republic, we're gonna have the ref all confused up as to which Republic he should hand a yellow card <laughs> to. So yeah. <laughs> so 
you're a very safe bet because Seba's still a bit injured. They do expect him back this weekend from what I gather. Um, that's why he didn't play in the Open Cup because he has an injury. And I think you're going to end up seeing, I think you're going to get all three points. I honestly think with that score line, yeah, I think you're going to end up with the three points. I just have a gut feeling. Oof. All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But overall, the standings are Sharon's still in the lead with three. And now Jared and I have one point. So there is technically not really a last place, right? Since we're kind of sharing second place. So there you have it. There's no last place. Yeah. And let it be known that uh, it, this is the first time in a while that we've had two consecutive USL uh, weeks where nobody has scored. Open Cup is separate, of course, but uh, nobody got a point uh, this past weekend against San Antonio, and nobody got a point uh, the previous USL match uh, either against uh, Louisville City. So hopefully this will kind of be the break in the duck that's out that we all need, especially me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll definitely be for sure, right? Because in the last uh, two league games, we all guessed that the same team would get the first yellow card. Here we changed. We're different. Someone's going to get the points. And if Sac Republic gets the first yellow card, I might end up being last place. And Jared will be moving up to leave me in last. So I'm rooting for Colorado to get that first yellow card. So please, Rev, don't let me down. <laughs> they need to get the first yellow card because I could potentially be last place if you you know play your cards wrong. Get it? Literally play your cards wrong. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I think we're I think we're going to be a little spicy against uh, Colorado. Sac Republic is going to be a little spicy, and I would almost and I hate to say it, but I almost think that Connor Donovan or Luis Felipe <laughs> are going to draw yellows. Um, Jack Gurr could get a yellow for a flop, um, oh. but we shall see. Yeah, I mean, I, if we have to get a yellow card, I'm rooting for Shane to get it, but. <laughs> uh, that's right because yeah. but i oh damn roro he's gonna be <laughs> playing this weekend why did not i pick him for a goal scorer oh he's probably gonna get how many yellows do how where are we we gotta look at the stats right now and see who's uh <laughs> leading the club in yellows i know Keko has two. Oof, we got we've gotten 13 yellow cards thus far in these first five games and although granted i think a lot of them have been unfair but They've been shown. I wonder if they account Luis Felipe's yellow card. That was... Hey, Luis Felipe's record's still there. All right. Arnold what? Lopez has the most. Nobody picked him. Connor Donovan had two. Okay, so two. Dami, Danny, Jared, Luis Felipe, Luther, Roro, and Shane. Okay, so oh. had anybody picked Arnold Lopez, they'd be... No, awesome. I think that yeah, that would have been a wild card for us to pick. Yeah. <laughs> Not knowing how he is. But remember, he sits in the pocket, so of course he's going to pick up yellows. Now, you did pick Roro, Sharon, but had you just said Lopez, you would have had two entries if you would have just been, I think Lopez will get the <laughs> <laughs> So oh, you could have done that. You could have gotten Sharon us being there. Sharon doesn't. <laughs> God, I wish I would have almost picked Connor Donovan, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's still too early. I mean, he has it's two yellow cards and... I thought, I thought Danny Vidiolo had a... Oh, he does have a yellow. Okay, he has only one. I thought he had two. Okay, he has one. Before you know it, we're going to start rooting players to be like, go get that yellow card. Come on, get it, get it. You were so close, I could win. <laughs> I, know. I thought Kiko had a yellow. Oh, that must have been preseason. Yeah, that may have been a preseason match. Um, 
So yeah, I mean it's good. Eh? We're all we're all tied right now in <laughs> in first yellow cards, right? All of our first yellow card uh prospects are there. Although Luis Felipe did get two yellow cards, but one was technically removed, right? So we shouldn't count that, right? Even though here they still count the red card, which I don't know why, but you would think it wouldn't be counted because it ended up not happening, right? Since he was able to play. Hey, it's it's USL. I mean, they couldn't even get Jared's packaging stuff correct. So <laughs> this could all be um this could all be slow. I mean, this might not be right. Oh, that's true. And I and I did put in again for the uh the predict six because well <laughs> Because because they're starting to have that again this year, so at least this way I I can anticipate. Should I get my name picked again, you know, to expect a six month wait again? We'll see. <laughs> you need to read the fine print, Jared. It says like you have to give us allow us to actually have a year's worth, and email us a couple of times because it's going to be in two separate packages. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> if that or if the, if they pick me before before June. I'll just fly out there in, in June because I'm gonna go out there for the match anyway and just swing by and pick it up. Be like, you know what, just give it to me. I'm probably gonna win again. Uh, you know, make sure you have it ready and yeah. <laughs> yeah, pa- pack it in with my pub subs that's going home with me. Oh, yeah. Hey, we can't wait to hear all the pub sub stories that you'll have uh when you come back from Tampa and and all the sandwiches that you'll be taking back home. Cool. Well, that's that. That's Parker's winter dinner. Um, last final comments, Sharon, Jared, before we say goodnight, literally, because it's it's going to be like almost 1030 here, our time. Hey, go Republic. Let's take it to them. And uh, yay, everybody for following us on social media. Saturday is going to be busy for Sacramento fans. Yes, I know we have game one of the Kings Warriors uh, I-80 battle at 530. But let's not forget Republic FC is going to need us at that night as well as we take on Colorado Springs. So, you know, Sacramento fans, it's a two for night this this Saturday. Let's bring it for both. Go Republic and go Kings. Use an Uber. If you get drunk at the Kings game, just Uber over to the Sacramento game. Go get your car later. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, um, same thing as you said, Jared. It's awesome that we're going to have the Kings in the playoffs. Uh, it's a shame that to play against the Warriors right away because it's going to be a, a tough opponent. But it's really great for the city that we have uh, two awesome things going on at the same time. But, you know, to all the people who go to the Sac Republic game, we won't be mad at you if we see you on your phone watching the Kings game as well and, you know, trying to catch on on like scores and all that. We get it. It was a while. It's now happening. It's really great because all the fans deserve it. Sack fans have gone through so much, and so it's really great that they finally get to witness a playoff game. And as far as everyone else goes, we'll see y'all on Saturday at the match. It should be a really good one, and we'll also be looking forward to seeing some of our former players there on the pitch. So if you see us out there, we'll probably be doing a vlog. Apologies for not having the vlog for the last one. I got kind of tied down the day for <laughs> the Open Cup match happened and then other things happened that i wasn't able to put up that vlog but thank you sharon for taking those videos but next saturday we'll definitely have a vlog and i'll be helping you out sharon (laughs) because i know it's it's a lot of videos to record out there and also thank you to everyone again for all your support for listening to our show we greatly appreciate it and 
You'll hear us next week here on State of the Republic podcast. Cue the music. Oh. Oops. Oh, I'm so it almost sorry. got you. <laughs> I don't think it got I you. I think like, you. <laughs> I was just yakking away. It's like, oh no, there was good things going on in both games. <laughs> And then all of a sudden I hear recording in progress. It's like, shut your mouth. Oh, sorry, like, guys. After this moment, if you swear, the beeping button will be activated. Yeah, well, you didn't catch one of my beepers one time. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it was because I had my own beepers and it was, that was a crazy episode. So. That was that was fun. And I don't think Jared swore at all during that whole episode. No, no, I did. I did. Oh. I- Wait, did you? I, I, no, I, I don't mean, think you. Unless I slipped, that's another one that slipped. Yeah. No, he he caught he caught all mine, and and I, I was just still still in in shock that 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 he actually uh, let a few fly. So. Oh. Now now tonight there might be some. I mean, like oh. like I was tell like I was telling Luis, we it's not gonna be more more of a unsolved mystery, but more of a Lewis Black mode unlocked. You know. For, okay. For ba- yeah. So. Just fair warning. And I just know to share and enter the waiting room again. I'm assuming that's your laptop, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, I hope so. Um, so I'm going to mute here or leave here if you let me in on the other one. Okay. All right. I've let your laptop in. Hopefully it's you and not someone else trying to <laughs> hack into the State of the Republic podcast. <laughs> you will soon find out. And whoever's joining, they're probably full of lots of cuss words. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Letting Kecko have a PK, man, that was. I'm not. I'm sorry. Wrong game. Er, rewind, and then having. <laughs> when did Kecko have a PK? Which game was? That? Louisville, the the five nil. Louisville was the PK. Sorry. Anytime we have five goals, I'm gonna be mixing up my matches. Did Zico and Russell get the braces? <laughs>